This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. I've got my uh, good friend Graham Williams uh, here as well. A lot of tech to talk uh, in today's uh, program. Some new rules on how you uh, declare your cell phone usage uh, with the CRA. We've uh, got Brian Jackson who's going to be joining us to explain how that all works. And you'll probably want to stay tuned because it's important. Uh, we will also be chatting about self-checkouts. We've got uh, Kelly Reedwin coming in to talk about uh, how some stores are ditching them, bringing humans back. But Grandma, let's talk about some of the news uh, out uh, there right now. I think one of the big ones uh, would be uh, Amazon pulling out of uh, New York. They're taking their ball and going home. I'm not really surprised, to be quite honest. Um, I mean, there were a lot of tax credits that were thrown at Amazon to, to help uh, make this happen. But, uh, I mean, the big thing for uh, for a lot of people is that it didn't feel like New York was really getting enough out of it. And it I mean, you and I have had this conversation. You know, yes. New York basically did not have an Amazon headquarters, and then they did have an Amazon headquarters, which should be sort of a net benefit. There's jobs that, are, that come with that, uh, but now they don't. So... It's interesting. I... Um I read this really interesting article on Mashable uh, who said uh, that Amazon uh, actually, you know, didn't really lose anything. They gained uh, a lot by this whole um, proposal thing. There was, uh, you know, I think over a couple hundred cities in the U.S. and even Canada uh, that uh, gave proposals to Amazon to have the headquarters, uh, you know, basically set up in, in their towns. But uh, apparently they were really detailed proposals and Amazon got all sorts of crazy information about all these cities, you know, their development, where their future growth was headed, uh, that obviously they're going to be able to use to grow their business. Yeah, and Amazon's in a very unique position right now. They are, uh, they're, they're able to leverage a lot of information across a lot of different markets. You know, they're deep into Amazon Web Services. They're providing hosting and, uh, and storage for so many businesses out there. The amount of data that's flowing through that company is actually kind of scary. And we've talked about this before where there's sort of, you know, the big three that people talk about, which is Google, Facebook, and Apple. But Amazon is sort of the dark horse, right? It's the place where they've kind of seamlessly integrated themselves into people's lives and continue to do so. I mean, even on uh, this show, we talk about uh, Alexa skills, which are now sort of this, this Trojan horse into people's living rooms and bedrooms, uh, so it's it's interesting how deeply the, the tentacles of Amazon have started to dig into the things that we do every day. Did you ever have a Nintendo uh, NES? You're kidding, right? <laughs> I think many of us did. Uh, a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo Entertainment System sold at auction for over $100,000 US. That is actually quite impressive. Uh, I know because, I mean, my copy of Super, Super Mario Brothers came with the system itself, and it wasn't Super Mario Brothers, it was the dual cartridge Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Yes. Right? Um, I just recently picked up an NES Classic last year. Did you, did you manage to get one of those? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, actually, I gave it away as a gift. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I should have kept well, that. Well, we also, we did a section on the, uh, a segment on the TV show about the RetroPie. Yes. Uh, which was using uh, some hardware from Canakit, so you could actually make your own NES Classic, but 100000 bucks for a copy of a video game. Yeah, so this was a, a special uh, uh, iteration of the actual uh, game, and uh, it was only sent to test markets in New York City and Los Angeles in 1985 and early 86. Uh, this one here is uh, actually e- s- still sealed. Uh, in the box. It's never been opened, like sticker sealed. Wow. There there are some other rare cartridges out there like that. Nintendo used to hold their world championships where they would actually have people come and compete 
to play different video games and, and either achieve high scores or beat the game the fastest. Uh, there was a Fred Savage movie called The Wiz. Yes. Uh, that uh, basically was an advertising vehicle for Super Mario Brothers 3. But uh, <laughs> those, those cartridges that they use for those tournaments are actually worth tens of thousands of dollars. I think the most recent one sold for about 40000 bucks U.S., so interesting to see that we're, we're getting, getting up there in the collectible range with these guys. Well, uh, sad note uh, this week, uh, Graham, uh, the Opportunity Mars rover mission has ended. It's uh, no longer responding after 15 years into a 90-day mission to yeah. explore Mars. So, so this, was, again, was a three-month mission, and Spirit uh, was the sister uh, rover to Opportunity, and uh, Spirit lasted for six years. And uh, Opportunity uh, basically... On Wednesday, uh, they, they, they sent the last command on Tuesday night. They didn't hear anything back. What they heard is, uh, it's cold out there, and it's getting dark. My batteries are low. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie to you. I saw the movie Roving Mars, uh, actually, when I moved out to here in, to Vancouver in IMAX in 2006. And at that time, that mission was about 18 months old. And we were shocked that it was still going. It was this beautiful feat, beautiful achievement. And, um, you know, seeing that 15 years on that, Finally, uh, this little thing has has had a chance to rest. I, I might have choked up a bit earlier this week. Well, good work, uh, Mars uh, or Opportunity Mars rover. Uh, Fifteen years. It's a it's a good run. Did you did you hear about Mars One? No. So Mars One was this uh, venture that was going to send people to Mars on a one way trip, right? And they were taking 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 people's money to do it. Um, they have gone bankrupt this week without sending anyone. On really, their, I did not see that. Coming. I didn't see it coming either. Apparently, well, there, there was a whole reality show booked around it. And so, I, I mean, my personal opinion was get Donald Trump to host it from Mars, and we're good. I think it would have made money. We're uh, talking tech news here on Get Connected. Uh, Apple's new TV service is slated to be revealed on March 25th, uh, but now may have uh, moved to April. Uh, this is interesting, Apple getting into kind of like a... Uh, a Netflixy type thing. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that we've talked about. Apple makes great hardware, and people love their hardware. And one of the reasons that people stick with their hardware is because the ecosystem is so complete. And right now, you know, you're getting your video from Netflix, and you're getting your music, maybe from Apple Music, maybe from Spotify. You're paying, uh, you know, the Washington Post for uh, a subscription. So Apple is really trying to bring people back into this idea of, you know, one payment per month, and you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff. And so that's what a lot of us are expecting. You know, we're, we're expecting uh, an Apple News subscription where uh, hopefully you'll be able to get all of your major periodicals for one price per month. Um, some TV access. I mean, right now I'm paying for Netflix, for Crave, for Shutter, and for a few others. Bringing all of that under one banner would be nice. And actually just having a single payment. So, you know, my iCloud and my, uh, my TV streaming and my music streaming and my, like, all of that stuff coming in one bill, one price per month. And I don't have to worry about spending all of this stuff. We actually talked about a, a service a little while back called Butter. Remember this? Butter. Butter. Remind me. Yeah, so what it was, it was a, a service that you could put all of your subscriptions into, and it would let you track all of oh, them, how yes. much you were spending per month, and would give you a one-click uh, cancellation for some of them, which is super I'm gonna helpful. Get, I'm going to get that. Well, it's great, because I mean, for, I know for myself personally, Netflix, um, basically from about April to about October, I'm not really in the house. I don't have time to watch TV. So... Should I be spending that 50 bucks a month for the 4K streaming? I don't need it. So, uh, you know, being able to do that is not a bad idea either. Uh, Amazon is uh, buying Eero, a mesh router company. Eero? 
Eero. I, I remember these guys. That was they had really cool like uh, home uh, mesh networking gear. This is a hugely powerful move for Amazon. So you got to think they, they've got these Echo dots that they're putting all over the place. And uh, they're connecting up to your Wi-Fi network. The problem is that your Wi-Fi network might be slightly unreliable. And so the user experience with their Fire TV sticks and their Fire tablets and their Echo Dots, it could be touch and go. Now, can you imagine if you bought an Echo Dot and every room that you put one in, it increased uh, the strength and the capabilities of your Wi-Fi network? Yeah, that'd be great. I think the writing's on the wall here. I think Eero is going to be coming to Echo products and Alexa Power products fairly soon. Talking all tech news here on Get Connected. Uh, one other story here, Graham. Uh, Amazon's opening up Alexa store for anyone to create and publish custom skills. What could possibly go wrong? So many things. <laughs> uh, you know, this is this is an interesting place for them to be because we've been able to to write skills with a developer kit uh, in the past. Um, Apple obviously has their locked down walled garden, which is you know great at keeping the, the iPhone safe. Google has very famously struggled with their app store. I mean, we saw what seven hundred thousand malicious apps in twenty seventeen. Um, this is something, this is kind of interesting because now we have this platform that you know, in some cases, has a microphone and a a camera, depending on the device that you have, with drop in capability. Uh, it's great that that Amazon's doing this. Securing this is going to be an absolute nightmare. It always uh, is. We've got uh, a lot of stuff to talk about on today's uh, program. Uh, CRA has some new rules uh, around uh, how you uh, actually uh, deduct your uh, your mobile uh, phone bills uh, between work and home. So uh, we'll be talking with Brian Jackson uh, all about that. And we got Kelly Reedwin talking uh, about self-service checkouts being taken out of some uh, big retailers, including Canadian Tire and uh, another uh, U.S. retailer as well. And we'll find out... Uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams. In studio right now, we've uh, got our, uh, our editor-in-chief of Get Connected. She looks after all our radio and TV uh, stuff. Talk uh, To talk about uh, self-checkout machines. These are these... Uh, little insidious uh, machines popping up everywhere so that uh, you have to check out your own groceries and uh, and retail items. Uh, but now, a uh, little story in cbc.ca uh, uh, talked about a few Canadian tire stores and a U.S. grocer uh, are starting to pull out some of these, uh, these devices. What's going on, Callie? Well, by the article that I read, they're pulling them out because they are not working any longer and they're old and clunky and cause more problems than they solve. Um, but what I think is interesting is just the public opinion on this is is really strong. And and people's opinion that the, uh, that the machines remove job opportunities and that it's taking away the human connection aspect of the shopping experience. And so... We decided to post on our Get Connected Facebook page, what's, what is your opinion on self-checkouts? And boy, did we get a response. And so what, what was kind of some of the, the, the feedback there? So uh, on the Facebook post, I said, you know, react in, in these ways. So either so, thumbs up for self-checkouts are a nice option to have. Um, a heart meaning you would much prefer to use them. A sad face meaning you don't like them, you, don't, uh, you avoid using them. As an angry face means that you don't like them at all and refuse to use them because you'd rather talk to a person. And a laughing face meaning it doesn't matter that much to me either way. 
And our responses um, were largely angry faces and sad faces. So I <laughs> so think people really are polarized on this. Yeah, and we we got lots of uh, thumbs up, likes, and and a couple of uh, hearts as well. Um, but it's it's interesting. At least uh, our small subsect of of respondents are feeling much the same way that the the article describes, in that they feel that it takes that that human touch away. They don't like the experience. I you know I'm kind of torn on this. Uh, I I can kind of see them sometimes being useful, but. You know, whenever I've used them, whether they, uh, you know, were in a Home Depot or or a Walmart, uh, it never worked properly. Like, there's always a few items that you've got that just won't scan properly. And then you got to call the guy over to scan it for you. And somehow right. he's got some magic scanning ability. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I feel it takes longer for me to do it. And I would probably never want to do it if I had more than four items anyway. Yeah, and I I did think it was interesting that it was Canadian Tire who was doing this because I'm one of those people who I very much like self checkouts because if I have a few items and it it takes me you know 30 seconds to do it and I'm out the door at somewhere like Shoppers for example but Canadian Tire in my experience their checkouts never work so I'm not at all surprised but I'm I'm the fickle millennial type I guess that if it's faster and it works then I'll use it but. Um, not all self-checkouts are made equally. <laughs> no, it's interesting. And, and then I start thinking about uh, the self-service uh, terminals at, at McDonald's. And right. I, I don't use them anymore. I love the idea. You know, it was busy and I could go to this giant touch screen and, you know, touch all the things I wanted. But it took for freaking ever. Like to go through all the menus on there, I would have been better off to wait in line, the busy line, because the human, I, I'm telling you, can do it 10 times faster than that stupid... Uh, Big touchscreen. The machine, yeah. And I think that's a great example because uh, that actually came up in our comments about how, you know, sometimes I use that at McDonald's, but in if, if I just want a coffee, I'm just going to go straight to the cashier. Or if you just want a, a meal, you're going to go straight to the cashier because it is faster. Yeah, he's got the one button, bonk, yeah. on that little that cashier thing he has, and it just goes. And I, yeah, I used to think it was a cool idea with the self uh, check-in terminals there, but no, not anymore. I, I just can't do it. No matter how many people are in line, I'm just going to wait in line. <laughs> That's fair enough. I think there's something to be said for customer experience and, and user experience if you're talking about something with a screen. And for the ones that have done a good job of user experience, it should not feel like a, any work at all. And so maybe that has something to do with the, the, the user experience or the UI design of the McDonald's screen, for example. So if that in, improves, maybe more of us will use them. Well, it's it's going to another level. You know, on the show here, we've talked about the uh, the Amazon store uh, down in Seattle. I know they've opened up one in New York. They're going to expand this uh, Amazon Go. Uh, they have no cashiers. You don't even have to check out. You just have to sign in with your Amazon account. You scan that on a little turnstile as you go in, and you just put all the stuff you want from their store in a bag and just walk out. It mm-hmm. just automatically knows. They've got some voodoo cameras there or something. Uh, and special technology. They haven't divulged exactly how it all works, but I've tried it a few times. It works like a charm and I love it. I can't wait to try it myself, actually. I went to all the way to Seattle to try it out the week that it came out and I, it was closed that day. No, yes. no. Oh my God. Yeah, I want to try it out. But, you know, I tried stealing, like I tried hiding things in my jacket. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, if I can get away with it, uh, that's the whole premise here. They know, right? Right. Um, and it got it. It got everything. Hmm. So um, it's it's interesting. But again, you know, how well will that work? Like, 
how big of a store could that be in? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it works because it's a it's a small store and it's kind of like sandwiches and to go meals and pop and chips and and cookies. Uh, uh, so I can see it working there because it's a small retail space. You can pack tons of cameras in there. But what about a Walmart? You know, a giant thirty thousand square foot store. Yeah. Does that mean how many that it cameras? Like, everything or yeah, like how many cameras or whatever you would you have to put in there to make that work? Great it, question. It would be millions of dollars worth. And how foolproof is that? I guess we'll find out over the next few years if this technology is is worthwhile using in other places like well, that. Well, I'm sure they're figuring it out because they'd love to get rid of the humans because that would save them millions of dollars. Robot overlords. Yes. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on in. Thanks, Mike, for having me. When uh, we come back from the break, we still have a lot more tech to talk, uh, including uh, some new rules around how you... Uh, Uh, I guess uh, file your taxes when it comes to uh, doing deductions on your mobile cell bill. Uh, CRA's uh, got some words for you. We'll be talking with our our good friend Brian Jackson over at IT World Canada, and he will give us the lowdown on that. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by our good friends over at London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back shortly after this. We're back here on Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Got a really interesting topic right now. Uh, everyone has a cell phone or a smartphone. Uh, many of us use them for work and personal use. Well, the CRA has some new rules on how you account for all that. To uh, give us the lowdown, we've got Brian Jackson, our friend over at IT World Canada. Brian, as always, thanks for joining us on the program. Yeah, I'm happy to join you. Uh, so tell us uh, the, the gist of this, uh, you know, uh, the CRA's got new rules, basically, on how you can deduct uh, your cell phone bill, whether you're a work or a business. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, up until now, uh, writing off your cell phone has gone one of two ways. So either employees that work for a company just own their own cell phone, and maybe they use it for work sometimes, and they never write off any portion of that. So they don't attribute it to their taxes at all. That's one extreme. The other extreme is that uh, their company provides them with the cell phone and uh, they actually pay uh, none of the tax on it, even though they're using it for some personal use. And so that's like a benefit that they're getting. They're not paying any of the tax. So the CRA is saying, look, those two extremes aren't going to work anymore. We're going to have it cut down somewhere in the middle between the two. So you have to tell us now what portion of your cell phone bill is for personal use and what portion is for business use. And the business use, that's fine. You can still write that off. We're not going to charge tax against that. But the amount that you use for personal use, that is a taxable benefit, they're saying. If, if your work provides you uh, the phone and they're, they're paying your bill, is that what you're saying? Well, it's actually in any situation, right? So uh, let's let's work through what, what your situation is. Mike, I get connected. Uh, do your employees bring their own cell phones to work? They do. Right. So it's a bring-your-own-device approach, right? So in, in this case, I'd say that your employees should be happy, right? Because up until now, I would assume that they haven't tried to really claim their cell phone use against their taxes to get some deductions out of that, right? But what do you think about it? Their, part of their personal expense is going towards uh, a business benefit, right? Yes. So the CRA is saying to them, hey, you guys can, uh, if you can account for the time that you spend on your cell phone bill and say, like, okay, 40% of it is business use, uh, you can write that off your taxes. So that's a benefit to them, right? Now, at IT World Canada, 
I'm provided uh, a cell phone by my company, right? So uh, I just use it for business use and for personal use, right? But I've never told the CRA in past that um, what portion I use for my personal use. It's just we just pretend it's all business, right? Yes. Um, but because it didn't really matter in the past. But now they're saying, no, you have to tell us what portion is business use and what portion is for personal use because that's like part of your salary. That's a taxable benefit now. So the employee has to pay the taxes. So I guess I'll be shelling out a little bit more to the CRA this year. Who's going to who's going to be honest about that? Like if your work pays for your phone and your phone bill, who who's going to put on their taxes that, "Oh, I use 50% of it for personal use." Wouldn't everyone just say, "I use it all yeah. for business?" Right. I mean, you wonder, right? And we're talking about a self-reporting system here, but there is incentive from from both ends, right? Because if you're an employee that is currently funding your own cell phone, then you'll want to do this so that you can uh, expense a portion of it to your your business. And if you're a business that's currently paying for everybody's cell phone, then you'll want to do this so that um, you you get um, appropriate tax write off and and uh, a recognition of your taxable benefit. It's in a proper way. And the CRA, you know, they've, they've been pretty clear. They've released some uh, advisory notes about this coming up into tax season. And they're saying that they are not going to take um, anything 100% one way or the other, that they require proof. <laughs> so uh, that's where this company, a uh, Toronto-based company called Mobility View comes in. They have a software solution that uh, will help businesses work through all of this and provide auditing uh, if you're running like a fleet of uh, smartphones. And uh, how big of a business would you have to be to, to use that software? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it would be um, not, it, it would depend on like how you get access to it. For example, this business, they um, just signed an agreement worth workhouse which is this collaborative space. They, they offer co-working spaces. So any customers of that uh, will have access to, to use this for their employees. So, and then uh, TELUS also offers it uh, to some of their enterprise employee uh, customers, right? So there, there's different ways that you can get access to this solution. And it's often like through um, a value-add service that you might be using anyway. But, um, you know, the... The degree to which businesses are actually incented to do anything about this is, is probably not good enough this year. And I'd say that awareness is going to be a, a big struggle because, um, like anything with a self-reporting system, it takes people time and, and energy and effort to learn what the rules and regulations are. And um, they might have to get a couple of notes back from the CRA saying there's an adjustment to this and we're not paying no, we're not giving you any taxable benefit uh, towards your mobile plan because you didn't account for any of it. We're talking with our good friend Brian Jackson over at IT World Canada about the CRA rules around uh, deducting your cell phone. Talk to your accountant to get it all straightened out. Brian, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. When we come back from the break. More tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo here in studio. Well, uh, we've uh, got one of our uh, good tech friends uh, over at the Toronto uh, International Car Show uh, this past week. Tom Lee is on the phone from IT World Canada. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Thank you for having me. 
Uh, so let's talk about some of the highlights uh, as far as technology is uh, concerned uh, uh, coming from Ford, not necessarily cars. Yeah. Uh, oh, of course, at the Toronto International Auto Show, there were tons of cool cars to be, to be seen, and I highly recommend anyone to go. But uh, this year, Ford actually has some peripheral devices and technologies they wanted to showcase. And the three main highlights is the exosuit, um, exoskeleton, which is used by their uh, assembly plant. And the other one is the sleep suit. It's used to educate young drivers on the dangers of um, sleep deprivation and driving. And the third is using your phone as your car keys. And that um, that's available on a new vehicle from Lincoln, actually. Very cool. Uh, let's start with some of the suits there. Uh, you're talking about an exoskeleton suit? Yep. So this suit is made primarily for assembly lines uh, at Ford. So what it, how it works is that it's a spring-loaded suit that you wear kind of as a backpack, and it distributes the weight from your shoulder to your hips. And as we all know, um, your shoulder is actually one of the weakest parts of your body. So if the worker raises a lot of stuff all day and, you know, holding up power tools on the underside of cars all day, uh, that's going to cause a lot of stress on the shoulder. And that's what the exosuit is designed to alleviate. Um, once the worker has their arms above their heads, it adds about 5 to 15 pounds of extra support. Wow. And um, this this sounds like something out of Aliens with uh, Ripley battling the alien in the final <laughs> scene. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, this is technology like that. that's yeah. available now? Yes, it is. It's actually being used uh, at their Ford assembly plants already. Wow. And uh, yeah. did they get into cost or anything like that? I'm sure this isn't cheap. Uh, unfortunately not, but uh, they're, looking, they're looking to equip any worker at their assembly plant who does this sort of work all day with one. So um, they didn't disclose cost, but uh, they are saying wide, wide availability. Yeah. That's uh, very cool. And did they say how long they've been using it? Oh, that I did not ask. No. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry. No, that's that's cool. Uh, no, it's just interesting. You know, you always think of Ford just uh, punching cars out all the time, but uh, obviously they're into other technologies uh, as well. Uh, let's talk about this other suit uh, for training uh, new drivers. Yeah, it's it's called a sleep suit, and it's actually a bunch of attachments that you put on they, they put on you. I actually had a chance to try it out. It's really cool. Um, you wear a weighted vest, and you wear a weighted cap to simulate um, the extra weight you feel when you're, when you're tired. And then you also wear weights around your wrist and ankles to simulate uh, the extra weight you experience when you're tired again. And they also put on this pair of goggles. And uh, using a smartphone app, it dims the lens so to simulate something called microsleep. And what microsleep is that um, sometimes when you're behind the wheel and you're super tired, you actually don't realize that your awareness just completely fades from you. And this happens in like 10-second intervals. And it can happen with your eyes open. So you can see how that can be dangerous when you're moving on the road with a multi-ton vehicle. And uh, is, this is something in use now? Yes, it is. So Ford is looking to educate younger drivers to the dangers of sleep deprivation because, you know, uh, people... Young people, you know, they pull all-nighters to study, they go to party, and the next day they're like, yeah, you know, I can power through this. But that's obviously not the case. So with this technology, Ford is hoping to make the road safer for everyone. Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty cool stuff. Um, and so you tried it, and, and do you feel that it kind of, uh, you know, approximated that experience of sleepiness? 
Oh, it was a it was actually a pretty extreme example. Um, I'm I'm a pretty small guy, so I don't really work out. And the vest is 18, 18 kilograms in total with all the weights added together. Yeah. Um, the glass is definitely the coolest part because your reaction time is just reduced to almost zero once the tint um, is turned on. So I think it does a pretty good job at um, simulating fatigue. And did you crash the car? Oh, on four. <laughs> they didn't put me behind a vehicle. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I got to walk with it on, though. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I can tell you, it's not, a, it's not an easy, easy experience. Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty uh, cool stuff. Uh, so you were also right. talking about uh, using your phone to unlock your car. Right. So uh, we, we lose our keys, I feel like, way more often than we do our phones. Because, yeah. you know, we pull, out, pull our phones out of our pocket every three seconds to check a message. So LinkedIn is actually looking to implement this technology, like do away with keys altogether and then um, instead using your phone to unlock your car. How it works is that once, with your, once you're within a certain range of your vehicle, um, your car would re- automatically react to your phone. So on the new Aviator model, LinkedIn Aviator, Aviator SUV, um, it does something called a welcome mat, where it projects uh, light from the underside of the uh, side side view mirror, and uh, like it will show a custom message or whatever. And then you can pull out your phone to honk the horn to start the engine, all through uh, a custom app that you can install. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. That's crazy. But you're saying they're only rolling that out to one car right now. Uh, we only were introduced to the uh, Aviator SUV, but I'm sure they'll be, avail- they'll be available on other cars as well. It's uh, pretty flexible software technology. We're talking with Tom Lee over at IT World Canada about uh, some of the latest innovations from Ford. When we come back, still more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here. Got Graham Williams with me. A little bit of time left. In this part of the show, we talk about Alexa skills. Uh, so if you've got one of those Amazon Echo speakers, they can do more than uh, just uh, play your favorite songs or turn your lights on and off. There's literally tens of thousands of little, what they call skills, uh, that you can uh, download into the, uh, the speaker that make them do all sorts of crazy, wonderful things. Graham, what do we got this week? Well, I've got two for you this week. And the first one is uh, something that it's a fairly popular series, The Sims. Yes. Right. So the, this is from Electronic Arts, and they, uh, they they've kind of evolved the Sims from the old Sim City game uh, back in the day that was uh, by Maxis, and they've kind of absorbed that. And the Sims is about creating a, a virtual family, right? And you you play your Sim character and and, and build uh, a life there. Uh, so uh, Alexa does have a, a Sim skill, and you can say Alexa, play the Sims, or uh, Alexa, ask the Sims to play music, or ask the Sims to play trivia. And you can actually learn a little bit more about the game. Uh, you can listen to all of the music uh, from the original game all the way to The Sims 4, which people actually enjoy. My daughter loves The Sims. So she'll, she'll probably enjoy this then. How do you do it again? So you, you install the, uh, the app and just say, Alexa, play The Sims, and it will talk to you about the game. Uh, Alexa, play, ask the Sims, to, uh, the Sims to play trivia, and it will be trivia about Sims games. And ask The Sims to play music, and it will play the soundtracks. Uh, from the uh, the Sims games, very cool. You said you had a second one. I do, uh, and this is an honorary of the return of uh, Star Trek Discovery to Crave TV. Yes, and this I is, love uh, that. I love that show. It's great. I, yes. I know the first season was good. The second season is turning out to be absolutely phenomenal. 
It's pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of got a lot of classic uh, Trek in there. And uh, it's got the Enterprise as well. Yeah. And Christopher Pike, Captain Captain Pike, and yeah. played by Anson Mount. Uh, love that actor. He was the main guy in Hell on Wheels that was shot up here in Canada as well. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He looks like Space Mitt Romney. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Hell of a hairdo on that, man. Um, so this is uh, Star Trek Red Alert. And so uh, you can install the skill and literally just say, Alexa, Red Alert. And you will get a red alert effect, which is amazing. Ooh, I gotta do that. So here's the cool thing. Can I tell you the cool thing? You can That's actually not cool enough. You can tie this in with IFTTT, and if you have Philips Hue bulbs, no, you no can have them way. turn red and no flash. No way. Yeah. Oh my god. Right. Red alert. Battle stations. It's awesome. You just blew my mind. I have Philips Hue bulbs. Like you said, they're smart bulbs that can change any kind of color. So I could hook this all up and have the bulbs flash red. We will set you up on this. It's going to be amazing. This is the best thing I've heard all week. Glad to help. Oh, I'm, I hope my wife's not listening to this right now. <laughs> Sorry, Alana. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just for the the listeners out there again, uh, Graham, uh, they've got their Amazon Echo speaker. Uh, how do they get these skills on there? Just to walk them through it. There is the Alexa app. And inside the Alexa app, you will find the uh, Alexa marketplace. And that's where all of the skills are. You'll see the top ones, the trending ones, uh, where you can download all of those skills and get things like uh, flash briefings from different news sources. Uh, and you can find new games and new apps. You know, we covered a lot, of, a lot of really cool ones in the last little while. So just go in, try them out, and uh, let us know what you think. Thank you, Mr. Graham. Uh, that's all the time we have left. Don't forget to uh, listen to our sister show every Sunday here on CKNW 980. It is awesome. It's called The App Show from 10 to 11 in the morning. Also goes out to a bunch of other chorus stations as well. Check uh, your station uh, as far as the time. If uh, they're not carrying it, get them to carry it. It's it's cool. We talk all about the latest and greatest apps for Android phones, iPhones, tablets, smart TVs. It's uh, some sweet stuff. Uh, podcasts available for both, Graham. Yeah, so you can find us on the Apple iTunes Store as a podcast. You can find us on Spotify or on Google Play Music where you can download or stream. And if you love us, don't forget to give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. That's all the time we have left. Mike and Graham logging off for Get Connected. We will see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.